0: Hello and welcome to episode 99 of the D and D Music Factory podcast. I am David and I'm Dan. And Dan, tell everybody what we will be doing today.
1: So we are back. We're back from the the hiatus. We are mm-hmm. here. We're very excited to be back. Yeah, I'm very excited. This is yeah, exciting. Me too. And we are doing our best of year end wrap up. Yeah, this is our this will be a if you've known us in the past, this will be our two parter. Mm-hmm. So this is our favorite 10 songs each from the year of 2023. Yeah. and this is going to be the the ones that really stuck with us, that helped get us through, helped pull us through, enjoyed by us Mm -hmm. through the year. And as you know, rather than do five apiece for our total 10, we do 10 apiece. So this is the the top 20. These are the 20 songs. If you didn't listen to, you're a fucking trick-ass Mark. Or yeah. Maybe even a Mark-ass trick.
0: Or you're going to learn something yeah. today. And yeah, this is... um. So apologies for this being essentially a month late, but life happens. Things get in the way. The holidays are a tricky time for... Life kind of uh,
1: finds, finds a way. way.
0: Yeah. Um. So yeah, we're back. And uh, we didn't want to skip this, even though it's later than we originally intended, because this is one of the most enjoyable episodes we've gotten, we have gotten to do every year. I mean, we this is you spend the whole year wondering what your favorite songs of the year are going to be, and it's it's a you know it's a fun thing to do at least for us. You know, when the, when all the lists come out, the Spotify Wrapped comes out. That's always like a, for music nerds like like me and you. I think that's you know an extra little treat during the holiday season yeah. and we get that get all that stuff and um
1: and then the uh what's it called list comes out like the the rolling stone list always hits yeah and, and you're like just get ah, this one's shit yeah <laughs> like oh this is what they decided is worth hearing this year yeah exactly and then like the, and it's not tr-
0: accurate at all and then
1: the uh what's her name one comes out the uh pitchfork's a big the pitchfork one yeah drops and you're like oh, okay this is the ones that like i should have listened to or didn't right or yeah. like i'm not cool enough or they pick like Sometimes they'll pick the most, like, regular pop records. Yeah, they, they're like, all okay. over the
0: place. And sometimes you can kind of tell, like, like Beyonce, they're always going to rank high for yep. something. Or like, but, like, you know, that's understandable. And there's other artists like her. She's maybe not the best example.
1: This year I was also frustrated because their number one pick was a record from 2022. But it was their cutoff. Yeah. They had uh, SZA SOS, yeah. which is uh, a great pop record. It is. I'm not K- mad at that, Kill Bill is
0: one of the best songs.
1: But it's from 2022.
0: I know, and I... I...
1: <laughs> and I get it came out after their off, so they're like, yeah. Oh, technically, but it's like, mm, technically, well, suck yeah. my dick. Te- yeah, what does it say? It <laughs> yeah. says
0: 2022, so yeah. yeah. So yeah, that does kind of stink, because that came out after we recorded our episode last year, too. So, like, we can't include it, because... We don't have bullshit cutoffs. We just start on the 1st of January. It's a lot easier that way. Yeah. When you're not, like, an actual publication yeah, that has I don't have to, like to, have, rules. I don't have to make print by a certain no, time. No, we don't have date. to worry about shit. We I need do your finished whenever. list
1: on my desk by yeah. 5 p.m. No later. I like got to go to print.
0: I like to picture every, like, uh, magazine or blog editor is the same person that they always were. It's just, like, some guy with suspenders and a cigar. Yeah. Just, like, demanding random shit, like, all the time. Like, I just... In my head, that's just, like, how Pitchfork operates, even though that's not the case at all. Philly, you
1: got the write-up on that murder from the Meatpacking District? <laughs> <laughs> we gotta print it five.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so we we didn't want to skip over this, and it's a little... Like I said, it's a little late, but fuck it. Who cares? Um, we're still doing it, and I'm excited. This is the... I mean... Possibly because it's the first one we've done in a while. This felt very challenging to narrow down for me. Yeah, I was really, really struggling. There was a lot of good music this year.
1: There was. I was very like, considering how much I was like, you know, oh, I don't really remember that much. And then like when I sat down to quantify, like the I was like, dude, I'm whittling down from like 130 songs. Yeah, I was. Around there, I was like, uh and I need to pick ten. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a heavy dose.
0: It's it, yeah, it's it's much harder than I than I in, have experienced in past years too because this is our third uh year wrap up that we've done and this one definitely feels like again, it could just be because of the time off, but um I, I just an impressive year. I think we're going to look back on this uh, very fondly like you know 10 20 years from now we're gonna look back on this year and oh like, Holy yeah there's, shit. there's been some, there was a lot that came out that year that was impressive and
1: i've seen some fun trends popping up with music that like i'm very excited about because like things i liked from years ago are kind of coming back in fashion mm-hmm. and i'm like that's very exciting like, yeah this is really cool yeah
0: yeah, um, so we're we're definitely very excited. Again, want to apologize for the delay, but uh we're back and we're gonna do this as regularly as we can. Um which will hopefully still be every week. So let's um let's let's get into it, Dan. Um why don't you kick us off with your number t- oh, I guess before we do that, I should say we are I think you did mention it, we're splitting it into two episodes. So we'll do ten to six in this one each and then the second part of this episode will come out, and that'll be each of our five to one. You'll hear ten to six. So Nobody, you'll hear ten to six. You won't hear one of our lists in an entirely, yeah. entirety in this one. So
1: Absolutely. And I I hate a like two-plus-hour podcast. Like, yeah, it's too much. Like, what is this, man? Yeah, yeah. Like, we'll, cut it down into <laughs> yeah, chunks, like, yeah. What is this free-form, free-jazz nonsense? Yeah, like, we're not
0: Dan Carlin. This isn't hardcore history. Yeah, we're not like... Yeah.
1: And I didn't read seven books to be here. Yeah, so no, it's like, no, we just listen to music. <laughs> you know, if I here. did, then yeah, you're going to get a two-and-a-half-hour synopsis of a year of research I've done. Yeah. And, like, Dan Carl like, you know, his whole thing of, like, the hardcore history, it's like, this dude puts out nine of these a year. Like, there's not... I
0: think he did two this past yeah, it's year. it's
1: like, there's not one a week. Yeah, yeah, no. Like, it's like, you know it takes mean? a
0: while. People are like,
1: oh, I'd love to go back through the episodes. Oh, there's only, like, 27? You're like, yeah.
0: Yeah, but it's <laughs> 600 hours. Yeah, it's like, yeah. but
1: this is a four-and-a-half-hour synopsis of World War II. hmm <laughs> like, You know That's, what I mean? So it's like... Yeah. Yeah, man, it takes a while. Yeah,
0: a lot happened. Yeah. Um,
1: Even like the, I mean, not to bring them up because now they're full of controversy, but uh, like the last podcast on the left, like these dudes are reading three books about the serial killer before they're doing an hour and a half, two hour episode.
0: Right, yeah. So it's
1: like, yeah, there's a three-parter on Charles Manson because there's 50 books they read about him. Yeah, yeah it's fair. We're not doing that. We're no, no, no. It. We're just
0: these albums don't have that much context. They're, that's not the point of music. Yeah, we
1: haven't done yeah. an episode about the ones that are killers and have history books. <laughs>
0: about. But maybe that'll be in the future. Oh,
1: dude, if we did musicians that kill, that's like oh, an episode. I don't know, know if I want to do that.
0: Yeah, I don't know if we want to go down that path. Here's but... Phil
1: Spector's Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: Jesus. Uh, all right, so let's let's get into it dan kick us off with your number 10 pick
1: all right number 10 for me i previously brought this artist up when we did our episode about indigenous artists and that's when i discovered this guy um or this group i should say uh by the name of black braid and the song is titled the spirit returns off of black braid 2 now this record is it's it's excellent man. i've listened to it all year um, it came out technically July, so mid-summer, which is pretty sick. Mm-hmm. Uh, midsummer. Uh, so if you don't know Black Raid, they are a black metal project that on their on their band camp, all it states is black metal project from the shadows of the Adirondack Mountains. Love it. Which fucking rules. Um, this band full-on comes out in, like, indigenous-style, black metal-inspired body paint gear... It's a whole show, man. It's so sick. They are amazing. And this, like, mellow death-inspired black metal that they make is exceptional. I like it so much. Um, Very... I know people would maybe chuckle when I say the word melodic, but it's very... Like, the thing I like about black metal so much is the chord work and things are very organ-like in their, like, weird diminished chords and, like, sustained sevenths that, like, yeah. it's a very interesting, like, it's not just, like, power chord. Yeah. It's, like, a... Yeah. You're, like, this is very harmonically interesting. And I think this band does this very well. Yeah, uh, It's produced really well, which some people for black metal don't prefer that and what the, the culture the raw. Yeah, yeah raw stuff that sounds like... It's recorded on a TASCAM in a cave.
0: In um, in Norway yeah. in the early 90s, yeah. But,
1: like, I think a well-produced record's a well-produced record, man. Um,
0: yeah, I'm not against the, the produced black metal. Like, I'm not the most pure-bred black metal guy, mm-hmm. um, but I don't mind, like, Death Heaven. Like, that's... I, like, I enjoy that very much, actually. Yeah. So, yeah, that's it's cool for me.
1: Same. I really like it, and I think that... This dude is, the thing I like is his lyrics, his imagery, his, um, what would I call it, his uh, impetus for making the band is something very original and interesting that I don't see. That, you know, traditionally the Norwegian stuff is a lot of Norwegian folklore Mm -hmm. and things like that, and 90% Lord of the Rings, Uh, but like, (laughs) it's very, like, this is very unique and very American, and I think that's really cool, that it's, it's something interesting that's Hasn't really been delved into much, at least in my experience. I could be wrong, because I feel like every time I say something about black metal to a person that really loves black metal, I can feel my foot going in my mouth. Yeah, for as sure. As they like, refute yeah. me or say that what I think is dumb or something like that, and I'm like, yeah, okay, like I'm not the most educated about it, but I've heard a lot of it, and when I hear something that I don't hear very often, it seems to be the thing that intrigues me most.
0: Same. Yeah, I completely agree with you, and I, and I 100% agree... It's it's one of those genres where the experts are experts, and yeah. there's no dabbling in yes. black metal for, for most people. It's like when you start you're messing with like all uh, in or all out.
1: It's like when you start messing with like down tempo or like or like the ambient scene that you're like, oh, what about this? This is cool and original. They're like, yeah, except everyone that did that in '93. Yeah. Well fuck. <laughs> it, I, mean, I didn't I wasn't around to hear this, right? There's now, a lot so. of things
0: like this. Like I remember very distinctly there was a, I went to visit friends in college and was trying to fall asleep. We were like partying all night and one of the kids that lived in the house was keeping me awake, telling me about fucking fly fishing and brought out his tackle box and was just showing me different lures. and it's like I did I just I just said I liked yeah, fishing. That's a deep hobby. Yeah. Right, and it's like I feel I get the same vibe from those people where it's like, No, I I don't wanna know all this. Yep. I just wanted to say that I liked it and then get out of here as fast as possible yeah, and not have to deal and with the, any of this extra knowledge
1: and the the history and the, the story and the it's very important to the people that hold the genre dear yeah because I think a lot of people
0: shit on it so they have to find reasons to like because it's very it, uh, you know it's the, the religious uh, aspects of it like yep. it's very different than regular metal it has a negative connotation to it yeah. built in so I feel like those people maybe are just like defensive and that's why they do it I don't know but.
1: I think so I think it gets dunked on a lot especially it never was the popular choice no nah. like it was never Metallica it was always nah. Rush yeah you know what I mean which like look they're a great band and it's really interesting but like Rush wasn't for cool kids yeah you know what I mean so it's like they're, it's that where like death metal was like oh this is cool and everybody's tough and everybody's sick They're they're doing their own thing
0: yeah, 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 and
1: uh, yeah. Uh, I guess I don't really have much more to say about it, than that. But maybe we'll cut this last little ten seconds because this is a- anyway. We're meandering, Dave. <laughs> what do you got up for us for your number ten?
0: All right, up at number ten for me is A and W by Lana Del Rey. This is the uh, this was the number one song on the Pitchfork list, uh, and I actually thought for a, a brief moment that I wasn't going to have the number one song from Pitchfork in my top ten. Um, for the first time, probably ever, uh, which you know obviously makes me a giant fucking poser, but um, I I just tend to like I tend to like a lot of what they like, not exclusively, but I you the number one song I think they usually do a pretty good job of getting right, and this one's another one that I think was maybe a little surprising to me at first, but it's fucking epic and beautiful and the message that she kind of conveys through it both about like the family stuff and the like shaming that she goes through as a, as a female celebrity kind of just adds a lot more to it than I think a lot more depth to a song that you probably weren't expecting to hear a lot of it from. Um, and it's, it's beautiful too. Like it's, it's a really, really well-written song. Um, of course, we couldn't escape Jack Antonoff. He helped write this um, because, of course, he did. Uh, that's how it always because goes Because it's now. a hit song. That's because how it goes. Because it's a hit song, and that's the way it goes, <laughs> yeah. Um, so I Living can't... in
1: the 2020s, Jack Antonoff's involved.
0: Right, yeah. Um, so this is her ninth studio album. That's insane to me. Um, I mean, she's been around for 15 years, but that's still a lot of music. Mm-hmm. Um, it was titled, uh, Did You Know That There's a Tunnel Under Ocean Boulevard? Um, there's another uh, person named Sam Dew who also is listed as a co-writer on here um, and it looks like he's actually collaborated with Antonoff on a bunch of different stuff too so uh, there was a third a third person involved too um, it's like Got in
1: the studio to go like why don't you put the pre-chorus first yeah and, like, you know, and then it's like alright get a production credit there you go yeah, it could and be it that. changes the song right know? and, and, like, and oh, sometimes that
0: makes a huge difference and for a song like this I feel like you know You may have either wanted somebody to push the boundaries more or reel it back in a little bit because it is a very unusual structure. It's two very, very distinct parts. There's this, like, kind of like whimsical folksy part that's in the beginning that's about, um, you know, partly about her childhood and then partly about her um, feeling essentially like she everybody that she's tries to be with is like either in a relationship or she's always the one that's like either the more interested person or there's always something else going on that's prevented her from ever like being with one person. And so she feels like she's a W standing for American whore um, that it just there's, she's drawing those parallels. And then in the second part, um it's like a trap beat and it's like a, quiet trappy but it is it is one and it's her more or less talking about potentially still a guy but also just about like getting fucked up um so it's really it's interesting in, in a lot of ways um she talks about in the in one of the first lines that she hasn't seen her mom in a long time and and that's legit apparently like she has had like an issue with her mom since she was a young child and the mom basically like left for another family and then um she's just always resented her and she still she actually put out a song with her dad this year too which is kind of crazy so like she, it's not like she she's like Aaron Rodgers and hates her whole family it's just her mom um which is you know if if somebody does that to you i can't really blame you for ha- yeah, ha- having absolutely. that kind of resentment um yeah so um there's other lyrics where she talks about her body and different things and uh, the more I, like, dug into it, I found out that there were, like, post-COVID, maybe even been like, 2022, I think, there were pictures taken of her, like, at something in L.A. Like, she was just, like, doing her thing, and everyone was just like, she looks horrible, she's fat now, she's this, and it's like, she, who the fuck cares? Who are you? Like...
1: Yeah, she's like, can I exist? Yeah, like,
0: mm-hmm. and she's like, and so part of the lyrics are about, like, like, I, do I still look like a side piece at... 33, but she's actually, I think she's 37, so, like, she, she's referencing other songs that she wrote 15 years ago when she was in a different, you know, people's bodies change in 15 years, especially from, like, your 20s to your late 30s, like, yeah. that's a pretty significant Yeah, you don't jump. look
1: as good at 37 as you did at 22.
0: Right, and, and like, the, yeah. the question of, like, will, will people still love me with with this kind of body is, like, it it, it I feel like it's her kind of, like, giving not permission but giving some kind of motivation to people girls especially experiencing this um you know people are allowed to get older and gain weight like that's
1: but not women in the public eye
0: right according to (laughs) everyone yeah and like listen like i'm not gonna be sit here and tell you like be unhealthy if it's unhealthy for you to be doing something you know maybe talk to a doctor and try to find some you know a way to, to you know improve things for yourself but outside of that, there's. Who the fuck cares what a celebrity looks like? It's not like you're married to her, and even if you were, you can't you can't say that about your wife. What are you, an idiot? Like yeah. I, I I don't get it. Um, so she also in this second part here, um, you know the the Jimmy Jimmy Cocoa Puff part, like talks about like basically her. It's it's implied that she's just like doing a bunch of cocaine. Whether you think this Jimmy is a real person that's hurt her or not, or if that's just the you know the drug that she's referring to I, I think the message is still pretty powerful regardless um you know it still comes across whether it's a man or a drug that she's kind of needing to get high and and you know the always, fleetingness of always of very this. cryptic with her writing yeah always, always has been and yeah. and you know it's what makes her uh, the awesome musician and songwriter that she is i mean she's a pop star who writes nothing but sad songs like essentially yeah and it works um and yeah i've, I've been i i've been a big fan of hers ever since video games came out in like 2008 or the fuck it was so um yeah just another great album a great hit from her and um she's still still doing it all right dan why don't you take us over to your number nine pick all right
1: number nine for me comes to us from The artist that i would say is probably having the best 2023 out of anybody is one half of this duo and that person is the alchemist um legendary producer uh also pop cultural best friend of action bronson yeah um lead member of fuck that's delicious crew Mm -hmm. um the alchemist is i mean he's been producing records for 25 years now 30 years yeah been around forever, man. Um, and he's a legend. Um, he is, yeah. In hip hop beats. It's... Fantastic. And yeah. this year has been mind blowing. Like, he's done at least four great records, and then an extra, like, they re released the the Dumbo Genesis project from like 2011. Oh, I didn't know That's that. That's got like everybody on it when they were like nobody. The like, Odd Future thing you mean? Yeah, dude, like yeah. Tyler's on it, like mm-hmm. it's crazy. Yeah. It's so good. Young Vince is on there, like oh, wow. it's wild, dude. But this is from his album The Great Escape with Larry June. Okay. Um, this is, I think this is maybe my favorite of the projects. Okay. Um, I really liked the Domo Genesis one, so it's hard for me to say. This is probably my second favorite because the first favorite will come up later in the list Hmm. um, that I've liked very much from this year. But if you don't know, Larry June is a um, is an American rapper. Um, This is the first album that they've done together. Um, It's got dude, it's got appearances from like Action Bronson, Big Sean, Boldy James, Currency, Joey Badass, Slum Village is on here. Wow. it's unbelievable dude it hit all of the big charts and peaked at number 32 on the billboard i mean it's the best dude came out in march um and it's it's unbelievable like this is my favorite song on here the song is called porsches porsches in spanish i believe is how i'm supposed to be saying it porsches in spanish and it's just nuts man um so the great escape was result of a really like organic writing process that apparently uh, they just like hooked up in a LA studio and just made this record within like a few days that's awesome um they also extended it uh beyond the studio with them traveling to Malibu and Mexico together to draw inspiration which is fucking hilarious just like hey man you want to go to Malibu (laughs) you want to go to Mexico like and then we'll hit the studio and figure it out um Apparently uh, Alchemist initially um, expressed a bit of uncertainty about collaborating with Larry June um, and said that they worked together on Jay Worthy's rainy night in San Francisco and Larry admired the Alchemist's legacy but and appreciated the opportunity to collaborate and then they finally got together and made this record. Nice. Um, it's so fucking good. Almart's great. I can't say enough good things, man. It's a short little ditty. So it really doesn't take long at all. Um, Lyrically is outstanding. You don't know the feeling when you're riding on that road. When the ops on the door panel just trying to make it home. Um, They touch down safe. Then you find your friend gone. Um, Son two years old. Still clutching on his pole. Um, So just uh, sorry. There's a a word in there that I'm not going to say. Uh, but it's just, uh, I think a song about, you know, you go away, you do all these things, you're doing all this great stuff, and then you come back to where you're from and you find out things are still horrible there. And you're so excited to just be home, but then those problems are still waiting for you. And it's it's great, man. Um, I love this record. I can't say enough good, I, I've been playing this on repeat just about the whole year. Uh, so yeah, Dave, with that, uh, what do you got up for us at number nine?
0: Alright, up at number 9 for me is Rush by Troy Sivan, and uh, I'm gonna make a proclamation here, and I don't mean this in a disrespectful way, I mean this just because I think it is, without a doubt, the gayest song ever written. Like, it is the most gay, positive, like, supporting of the um like the lifestyle i've ever seen everything about it the video what inspired it ev- like it literally couldn't be more that more of that um it, so troy savant this is his this comes from his third uh, studio album something to give each other um that came out obviously this year and i learned something today when i was researching this that i i'd never heard of before so apparently rush is the title of the song is partly inspired by a drug called poppers that has a brand named rush okay and poppers are they do some kind of they do something to you mentally it
1: opens your blood capillaries yes and allows orifices to stretch Yes. Is what it's for. That's
0: what I discovered today. Yeah. I had no idea that this existed. Um, so yeah, it basically was like, yeah, it'll make it so your throat and your butt don't do what they normally do in Clench. Um, so I was like, holy shit, this really is, like, just fully leaning into it. Dude, the um, album
1: cover for this is so funny, too. Yeah, like him with the guy over his shoulders. With, like, the guy on his shoulders and, like, a big smile on his face. Oh, yeah.
0: Um, it is just I, it's amazing it's it like apparently there's like a pretty so he's he's Australian and apparently they are experiencing like a pretty significant like gay revolution of some of sorts I guess like it's becoming much more open and popular from what I was reading um, and he being you know a massive pop star writing songs about it is probably doing nothing but helping um, you know those communities feel more welcomed and and able to do more than they probably were before so um i love it man he does he makes so much good music and like this song is just like it's so catchy the beat is so fucking good like the the video is hilarious and it's just like it's just like a bunch of like sweaty super in shape people just going at it um
1: (laughs) Dancing, and dancing, you mean, right? Both. Um,
0: <laughs> and so there's some quotes I have from him, too. Um, he, he admitted that it was partly inspired by the poppers, but also uh, said uh, that it was uh, inspired by the feeling of dancing with someone hot. Um, and, uh, you know, kind of reflects his feelings of being confident, free and liberated um, and helped him feel the most connected to the music and the community surrounding him. So, um, you know, that to me, that's about as much of an anthem as you could have. You write a song about the community you're in and promote it like, and, and, and describe what you're all going through. I mean, that's, that's incredible. Um, So he also, here's a quote from him. Uh, He said, quote, rush is the feeling of kissing a sweaty stranger on a dance floor, a two hour date that turned into a weekend, a crush, a winter, a summer, end quote, just fucking, just going at it, man. I love it. Like, Fully support it. So this this song's great. Troy Sivan's incredible. If you haven't listened to him before, he's he's an incredible singer. He writes incredible songs and has collaborated with ev- not everyone. So many people that I love, uh, like Charlie XCX. Now he's
1: like an adult because like before he was t- like he a started as like kid. a boy, like yeah. So like it was like you couldn't write songs this forward. Yeah, now it's as like, it. as a sixteen year old. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like like Usher tried that with that first record and everyone went ugh. Yeah. Because he was like 16. Yeah, it's like... But now yeah. it's like, now you're a man in his 20s. Yeah, like, you're, you're allowed to do this Let now. it rip, man. Yeah, let the flag let, let fly. Let it rip,
0: yeah. All right, Dan. That was my number nine pick. What do you have
1: up for us at number eight? All right, number eight for me comes to us from a group um, that is... The name is... I guess it's not hard to say, but when people see it, they're not sure how to say it at first. The group's name is Juna. Uh, spelled D-J-U-N-A-H. And the song is called Seven Winds of Sekhmet. Um, this is the closing track or the... No, this isn't the closing track at all. Um, no, this is the non-closing track <laughs> from their album "Femina Furens, which is a Latin translation meaning a uh, Furious Woman. Um, okay. So it's influences from poetry like... Sylvia Plath, John Donne, Gerard Manley Hopkins, and the heavy music is used to convey this story about recovery from complex post-traumatic stress disorder, um, or CPTSD, as they've announced. Um, So the artwork is inspired by the divine feminine artwork of 1970s sci-fi artists, and also like movies like Heavy Metal and things like that um so the singer's name is donna diane um she is unbelievable dude so this is a two-piece band
0: that's crazy the
1: sickest so the drums and percussion are handled by jared Carnes, who's also played in there 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 and a few other groups that are really great um and she plays guitar sings and plays a moog bass synth with her feet Jeez. Simultaneously, wow! So it's fucking sick. This band—if you get a chance to go and see them, you need to. They're awesome. Her voice is insane. Their drummer is great, and she's also this gorgeous woman, absolutely beautiful, um, stunningly so. Um, so it's an independent project. This record was engineered and recorded by Kurt Balu and Zach Weeks at God City Studios. Oh, was it really? And released in March of 2023 it's excellent dude the harmonies on this song are awesome the riffs are big as shit like the the vocals are awesome like the drums sound huge it's produced so well especially considering this is like it's not their debut album but it's certainly their first on what i would consider like the arrival kind of tip like they've had two previous like eps and then a previous album but this is the first like big like we're fucking here and yeah. it rips man i i like nothing more especially i'm very torn on clean vocals in heavy music um i don't usually like it <laughs> but this woman's voice is amazing it's super powerful without being like i feel like if there was a dude doing this i'd find it cheesy if there was a guy going like, Hur! but like, yeah, it
0: sounded a little butt rocky. Yeah, but yeah. like
1: with her voice, it just it works, man. The big, big riff at the end here, where like the big mute, like uh, you know, feedbacks moments of the pull off and rest, like is excellent. I can't say enough good things about this band. They're sick. Um, Donna is absolutely awesome. Like this band just rips. Everyone needs to get into them.
0: Yeah, pulling triple duty on. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's dude That's like the crazy. and like the you're like, where's your bass player? And then you see your set up the moog synth, you're like, What the fuck? Like it's oh like, what oh, is that?
0: You're doing that too.
1: Yeah, it's it's awesome. Um it's one of those things that catches your eye immediately and you're immediately like, What the fuck is this? And I think I first saw them on a Hate Five Six video. Oh no I And went like what's this? Interesting. And I was like, why is there only two of them? Yeah. And then I was like, What's that?
0: And how is it so heavy?
1: And I was like, and what's that? Like you see it on the you see her like stepping and you're like, What's that? Yeah, what are you doing? <laughs> and so I had to put it on. I've been jamming it all year. It's been one of my favorites. Um, there's a video for this song that's like insane. That's like her like broadcasting like a galaxy on like a pregnant stomach. It's just absolutely insane. Um, very spacey, very stonery. If you're a fan of bands like Sleep and which you, you know, should be and uh, Electric Wizard and stuff like that, Baroness, you should absolutely get in this band. They're sick. And you'll like them very much. All right, Dave, so what do you got up for us at number eight?
0: All right, up at number eight for me is Making the Band, in parentheses, Danity Kane by Earl Sweatshirt. This is the only, oh, yeah. um, like, single, I think, that I have in my list that isn't part of, like, a full, full-length full release. But he did put out an album this year, and this was not on it. So this this counts. I don't think it's going on anything um, after this. So. so I included it. This is... Yeah, this is my number one rap beat of the year. Um, it is so fucking good, and it's not a surprise because the person who produced this for him and made the beat is somebody I've talked about on the podcast before, Clamps Casino. Um, Such he, a great name. It is, yeah, yeah. He uh, and um, yeah, he. I included him in the like sad song episode, and we won't rehash why. But um, yeah, he's he's a fantastic producer and the beat, yeah, the beat just really is just different, it's dark, it's eerie, like, there's just something to it that's so different and and incredible to me, and and it stood out right away. It's interesting because it's basically just two, like, one verse repeated twice. It's a really quick song, but he gets everything out so quick and so witty, I, I just, I've been a fan of Earl sweatshirt, we were talking about, smack the mic. I've been a fan of Earl Sweatshirt for I don't know, 15 years, like ever since the Odd Future stuff, the Domo Genesis thing you were talking about before. Um, you know, that came out forever ago. And um, he's put out a lot of great music. It's always been darker. He He's had, you know, issues in his life that have kind of, you know, made his music a little bit more on the gloomy side for a rapper.
1: Yeah, I feel like always very subdued, very like. Mm-hmm. Like they almost sound like they're being recorded while he's laying on his back.
0: Right. Yeah. You know, it's
1: like an interesting, like.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, and it's yeah, it's just he's awesome. This um, so he actually, I think I guess Clamps Casino at one point it was probably like 2017, I think, if my memory is correct. Um, put on uh Twitter. Who. Pick an artist that you want me to work with. And Earl Sweatshirt wrote basically like, yo, I'm, re- I'm ready to go. So he he had been a fan of Clams Casino you know, and wanted to work with him for years. And this was the first opportunity that they had together. And it, it's fucking awesome. The lyrics are incredible, even though, like I said, it's basically just the same thing repeated twice. But it's just he ties in so many different themes and uses a lot of like pretty sharp wit to create some like kind of more comedic parts that, you know, is what one of the reasons that he and a lot of those, those odd future guys are so good is because they're able to add some, inject some of that humor into their serious subject matter that makes you kind of like, you know, think about the lyrics a little bit more. Um, Yeah. I love it. He's fantastic. Um, Let's move on. Dan, what do you have up for us with your number seven pick?
1: Number seven for me is where I'm from by Zulu. So if you haven't heard of Zulu yet, You're fucking up. This band is insane. They're from Los Angeles. They formed in like 2019. They did like two EPs. And this is their debut like album, LP, I guess you would call it. Um, This record. Sorry, I wanted to get the date for it. Um, So this record came out March 3rd. Um, It's called A New Tomorrow. Uh, The album cover is like a tree of life. Almost looks like a Lion King setting, but is also very clearly um, an African setting of people of color gathering under this tree of life. If you don't know about Zulu, they are entirely made up of uh, entirely made up of people of color in this band, and their lyrics are extremely. Uh, I guess I would use the term like pro-black and pro reclaiming of the genre so like the lyrics for this is so good of like you know we've been here we ain't going nowhere like um, feel it when you see us it's that serious won't ask for what's mine I'm anointed Um, the idea that you know hardcore has become this sort of suburban white space and how they're not interested in that continuing and like the idea that like you know This genre is founded by people of color and hardcore punks that don't look like most of these faces you see. And this record, it's so like, it sounds like if you were listening to a radio station programmed by the most insane person ever. (laughs) Where like certain songs, and even this song, hits little parts that you're like, this could be like a hip hop beat that hits in the middle of this song. And then like immediately cuts to like the most like power, violence, like come, gack come, cack, come, cack, come, cack. And it's, it's excellent, man. They are unbelievable. I think they're probably one of the most necessary bands in hardcore right now. And I think more people need to be about them. Uh, they only have 115,000 monthly listeners, but for an artist this aggressive and this intense, I feel like that's a pretty good amount.
0: Yeah. I mean, considering what, um, Jura, was that the, how you pronounced it? Juna. Juna. I yep. mean, they only have like 2,500. Yeah. So like, yeah, I mean, that's, that's a lot c- comparatively. Um, but yeah, this is fucking cool. And anybody that's bringing change to a scene like that um, is good. I mean, that's, I feel like scenes and hardcore, I'm lumping into scenes, they're kind of at their core, like a place for people who feel like outcasts a lot of the times yeah. to like, to like go and be with other people that like the same music and, and want to do the same things. So yeah, it should be, it should be changing to reflect other people that are also feeling the same way and want to be a part yeah. of that community. And so. it,
1: it's sick. Like the the come up of hardcore in this last year has been awesome to see. Like it really mm-hmm. is like you're getting a lot of bands that are like end it from Baltimore is like absolutely awesome. Like that they're coming out and like, you know their singer open sets singing like Marvin Gaye songs to people. That's crazy. With this like luscious, fucking baritone voice, and then immediately because of like, dah, dah. <laughs> and, like the whole crowd loses it. Hell yeah! And starts murdering each other. You may have known uh, the video that circulated from their one festival set of the girl in like all pink, anime looking girl that gets kicked in the head. Um, during the set was from the end it set gotcha um, that happened and i think it was fya fest that was a video circulating everywhere um but they're super awesome um zulu is a band i can't wait to see i missed both opportunities to see them uh play at the church i'm sure it'd be fucking insane oh my god yeah that'd be amazing Um, the hardcore scene's so about them it's great man uh can't wait to see them everybody should check them out when they're in town again uh yeah that's i mean they're it's probably my favorite hardcore album. It's not even probably. That's my favorite hardcore album that came out this year. Hell yeah! Um, it's it's so vital and so important, so cool. And what they're doing with like mixing power violence and hip hop and R and B and dub into stuff is like fucking excellent. It's cool. Um, the whole record doesn't sound just like this song, but I mean, it is a hardcore record. But there's like interesting parts. It almost reminds me of a more violent Soul Glow. Um, oh, so yeah. where Soul Glow okay. from Philly yeah, yeah, has yeah. some of that influences and things mixed in the record, this band is a much more mosh-forward, like more of a traditional hardcore than Soul Glow is. Gotcha. Yeah, uh, okay, so I hear that. Check them out, folks. Uh, yeah. Dave, what do you got up for us at seven? Uh,
0: all right. Up at number seven for me is Good Lies by Over Mono. Uh Very stark difference from <laughs> the last song that we just heard. Um, but I... I mean, you all know by now that I am, you know, very into electronic music and this is one of the best new electronic groups that I've heard in a long time. Um, So this is actually the debut album by this band, Over Mono. They are from Wales um, and this came out on XL Records actually this year, which is the label that my wife used to work for. The whole album is perfect. I went back and forth between this song, um, Is You, there's so many on here that I could have chosen, and I think this one might be the one, because there's more vocals in it, this is, I think, putting the best foot forward for them to get people to listen to them that, that maybe aren't already. Um, their songs have a lot, that they sample an artist in every song. And this is a song called uh, "No Harm" by Smurz. Came out in 2018. I've never heard of them. They're like a, a Dutch or Norwegian duo. Um, and every I feel like every song I've looked at, from where their samples come from, it's some like obscure artist from another country. <laughs> like I don't know how they found the 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 songs to sample, but it's it's pretty cool. Um, I was. I saw, so like, I'm sure like a lot of people, you get the notifications from Spotify when there's an artist that you've liked a lot of songs from when they're coming on tour or playing a show near you. And they actually came to Philly at the end of the summer and played a show at Fort Mifflin. Okay. Um, which uh, I never knew they did shows. And I was like, oh, this will be cool. And it'll probably be, you know, a, a, a reasonable show to go to since they this is their first album. They just came out here. They're not from this country. And the tickets were like 150 bucks, Jeez. but it was like a full-on like festival, um, and there was like 30 or so different artists that were playing it. And I regret not going, but it, I was just like, ah, you know, I don't, I, I didn't know a lot of the other artists at the time because there's a lot of like newer electronic groups that had just put out their first record in a lot of cases. So you can't know all of that in one year. Yeah. Um, but man, I am just absolutely obsessed with this whole record. Like I said, every song on it could, could really could have been in this spot. Um, so I am not even going to include them in the B sides because, but it, it would have been every one of them. Um, yeah, I just like I said, it's 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 my my scene, my my kind of thing, and and these guys hit it out of the park with this debut record, in my opinion. Yeah, man. Cool. All right, Dan, why don't we take it over to your number one pick? Or <laughs> shit. Number six pick. Number one in... You know you know know what I'm (laughs) saying. I know what you mean. You know what I mean, right? So number
1: six for me comes to us from, again, The Master. This is my favorite hip-hop release of this year. Um, Again, The Alchemist. Strikes While the Iron's Hot. With this one uh, from, also previously mentioned, Earl Sweatshirt. Yes. Uh, This is from the album Voir d'Air, which is French for Speak the Truth. Um, This collaboration... Is incredible, and this song is called Mancala and features my favorite rapper that exists right now, yeah, being Vince Staples.
0: As soon as I saw this collaboration, I was like, This is gonna be on his list,
1: it of course has to be, yeah, because it's everything I like. It is clearly like an old sampled soul record, mm-hmm. um, that you know reminds me of it reminds me of the song My Block, um from back in the day it's it's this like fun little piano riff that sounds very soulful earl is with his usual drawled dragging kind of like Mm -hmm. kind of like a person hit with a trank dart delivery (laughs) and even vince who can sometimes be very excitable and very fast and loud and dynamic with the vocal is on the opposite he's on the He's on the uh, the self-titled tip where it's a little more subdued, yeah, and a little bit more. Um,
0: Almost like he's, you know, following the lead of Earl. Yeah,
1: yeah, like you know, yeah. the, he's the he's the dance partner. You know? Yeah, I mean, you can't go out there sure. and have the one guy. You know, you can't have someone playing acoustic guitar and you go out there and start wailing drums. Right. Yeah. And it doesn't work that way, and it's great. Um, and... Some of the lyrics on here are like absolutely ridiculous, man. Um, I done stack so many rounds. Feel like the Michelin Man. Tired, but I stick around. They stabbed us in the hands. So what's that? So what's my back to them? I had to straddle fence, smacking shit. Got my mama red reading, asking shit. Fighting off my life. Can't pray at night because of the calluses. Like it's fucking great, man. Like this. These two are probably the best to come out of uh, so like I don't know how to say it, but like probably the best to come out of that class of artists. I know you, know, you
0: think so. Yeah. I This I, is
1: not obviously Odd Future. He's Odd Future affiliated. Is he? I feel like he was around and on some of those early um, not on the Odd Future tapes, but like was around and featured on a lot of those artists debut albums and things like that. But he's not he's not affiliated with Odd Future so i guess i should take that back but is the same sort of age and was putting albums out simultaneously contemporary he's not um yeah i think earl is definitely my favorite of the of that group yeah of the odd future guys earl's probably my favorite
0: yeah i mean it's um, i think a lot of people are going obviously going to go tyler I, I don't even include uh, vince not vince um, frank ocean in there because he's doing something different than what they're doing yeah like so to me he's he's his own thing He's a part of it, but he's not like, I don't compare him to the others because he's not rapping like they are. He's, he's more of like a a completely different. He was doing something else. Yeah.
1: Um, but it's, it's just incredible, man. Um, the, the two of them together is outstanding. The lyricism on this whole song is great. Alchemist is batting a thousand for this year. Like he hasn't done anything that sucks. His record with Mike is crazy. Like everything about him, he's just, no one's having a bigger year. Yeah. It's like four great records in a single like who the fuck? what other producer has I know four it's crazy. Big, excellent, and not even just like good, like outstanding albums in a single year. It's not it's easy nuts, to do. And they don't sound alike. None of the three are the same. Like it's it's just wild, man. Yeah. So that's why he had to be on there. Dave, what do you got up for us at number six?
0: All right. Up at number six for me is Vampire by Olivia Rodrigo. Dan, I don't know who these idiots are that are out here breaking this beautiful girl's hearts, but uh, we're getting some amazing music. They're fools, absolutely yeah. fools. Um, but it's 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 literally creating the like most angry, <laughs> incredible songwriter, little songwriter I've ever heard. Like this album is fucking awesome. Um, I think that like a lot of people probably would have gone with that "Get It Back" song uh, from here, which is also great. I don't want to take anything away from that one. But this, for like a pop song, is just so different and unique in my opinion. It's 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 yeah. almost like a Queen song.
1: It is. I love the big piano builds up after the yeah. chorus, like bap bap, bap, bap bap
0: It's great. It's awesome. It's very, the lyrics are very very clever. Like saying the whole chorus, like I should have known uh, you only come out at night. Like it just fuck. She's so fucking good, dude. Um, this is her second album, Guts. Uh, came out in June. Um, she co-wrote it with a guy named Dan Nigro. I, I'm not familiar who he is uh, with who he is, but um, she described this song as being their version of a rock opera, which it really is. Like it really, like yeah. I said, like Queen. Like it, it has it strings, those, like
1: piano, like it's it's excellent.
0: Yeah, and and she um, she f- intended this to just be fully just a piano ballad. Um, until uh, this other person started putting uh, all the drum beats and other aspects to it and she realized that it could be something much bigger and, and in my opinion better it would have been awesome strip down and if it was just her and a piano it would have been a beautiful like emotional song that we would have loved but the fact that they then made it like a, an upbeat song that you could dance to on top of it while she's singing about all this stuff is yeah. just what makes it that much better like it's just dude it's she's awesome like she really is we talked about her must have been two years ago when when the first album came out and i think i said on here like watch out for this girl like she's gonna do something like a lot of big things this this album like for a sophomore album for somebody that age to be writing it too like what what can you say she's incredible the voice the songwriting the it, it it's it's everything um so she, um, in an interview, described the lyrics as being about a boy that took advantage of, lied to, and used her. Again, what are you, what, what are we doing out here, boys? Like,
1: Especially, like, if you were a 19-year-old boy, like, that girl's stunning. She's talented. She's obviously going to write a song about you if you fuck up. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? Man? What are
0: you doing? <laughs> what are you it was, doing? It's the same thing with the guys who were doing this to Lana Del Rey, being married and just treating her like a side yeah. piece. Well, that like a cop. Yeah. That one guy, so... Things are cops get a cop.
1: Yeah, true. Um, <laughs> we were all we were all disappointed in Lana when that came out. That's a good point. Yeah, <laughs> like, we were all like, come on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we literally all went, what? Yeah, no. come on. Yeah. Come on, Lana. Um, you can do better than that.
0: Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, Olivia claimed that you know after whatever uh, you know sparked the emotions behind the lyrics, she basically just like went in by herself to a studio and just started playing piano and and singing and she said it was almost like an out of body experience the song just kind of so poured out of her and it's just fucking dude it's so fucking some of those sucker. simple
1: perfect songs like people were like i feel like i channeled it like i didn't even write it
0: yeah mm-hmm. yeah there's there's a...
1: Gibbert talking about that with uh, follow you into the dark
0: yep and i've seen interviews where brian wilson says the same thing or he's like "I like, sat just down a and wrote it in 10 minutes yeah
1: he's like so it can't be me right like it has to i have to be the you know i'm the hand not the or i'm the the pencil, not the hand. Yeah. Yeah. That's, you know, it's just like it just writes yeah. through me.
0: Yeah. So um, you know, why don't we start treating women better? Um all right. So this is a good place to end it. So this was fun. It was great to be back on the saddle. Um Whoa. Whoa. and um Yeah, <laughs> I just be blowing it, my guns off. Yeah, it felt feels good getting it out there and, and and giving you guys and girls the first half of our our breakdown. I'm um, excited for the second half. Um, Dan, tell everyone where they can find us.
1: All right. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram under at D D music factory. That's the letter D, the letter N and the letter D again, followed by music factory. Uh, you can find me personally at, at lukewarm, Steve Austin on Instagram and Dan.